Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Eidelman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Eidelman Unplugged. Okay, well, here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about this uh, new documentary that's out there. I've got a lot of people asking me questions, and you know, I think it's okay to offer some perspective. I mean, our silence speaks volumes if we don't say anything. Or uh, is there any positives? Is it all negatives? What can we learn from it? To me, it's quite a travesty, obviously, um, when any type of ministry uh, gets scrutinized and falls apart. And it's it's just sad to watch. So I don't take delight in these things like I know some people do, heresy hunters and those uh, armchair quarterbacks. Uh, but however, however, people have valid concerns. So I'm not here to say up front, let me say this up front, I'm not here to protect or defend Hillsong. I've got some major concerns, but I want to look at uh, something like this from not only a biblical perspective, but a non-biased opinion. I'm hoping my opinion's not biased because if it's, um, I have no nothing to gain here. Uh, if the music was totally bad, we just remove it all. Um, I, I, so there's no, no, uh, nothing to benefit me or our ministry uh, necessarily by endorsing or pulling them apart. So trying to find that non-biased opinion. Um, but what, in, in, of course, I guess nobody has a perfectly non-biased opinion. But the point is, why did they fall? Um, what, where is the failing? Uh, what, what happened? What's going on? So I think I need to add a little bit of context first. Number one is uh, most ministries um, start out good and people are, are Christians and uh, as God begins to grow the ministry. Now, I'm not saying this about Hillsong. I don't know a lot about their early beginnings. I know uh, the Brian Houston's dad, uh, it came out that with sexual abuse, it's just terrible. And so you have to wonder where a person's heart is at, you know, allowing that or continuing in that. But what happens, just so you know, uh, those, I know I'm mainly doing this for my kids and other kids kind of caught in the middle, not understanding things is that life is very, very challenging, especially after you become a Christian. The demonic assault is relentless. Uh, uh, the, the pursuit of riches or the pursuit of wealth, keeping your flesh in check. Uh, what is God? What is you? Uh, not only demonic attacks, but attacks attacks from critics. Uh, the flesh is against you, the world against you, and the enemy is against you. So we see a lot of ministries like this starting up and doing fairly well. Uh, and God begins to grow that ministry. And what happens is a couple different things happen. As you begin to grow, uh, you you depending on how your church is structured, that's one benefit of, say, a plurality of elders. I think in the Hillsong movement, they didn't have that. It was more the one person at the top. And that's dangerous just for accountability purposes. There's no checks and balance system. So you, you look at that. How are these ministries um, built? And then is there accountability, even in some of these guys on TV? Who is their accountability? What, who, the board of directors or the board of elders? And so <clears throat> my point is, as the ministry grows, as any ministry grows, if you don't hold tight to that level of accountability, you'll start to have cracks in the armor. And the enemy can shoot his arrows in there quite successfully. Uh, because without accountability, you think, hey, God is on my side. This ministry is growing. Look at the thousands of people being touched and look at the music in their case, millions and millions of views. If not, I think they've reached over a billion 
uh, well over a billion on YouTube, and uh, we must be on God's side. And that's where we have to be very, very careful because we can cross a line to where the <laughs> the enemy can begin to bless us as well, you know, with not large numbers and and uh, and if our motives are wrong and um, you know, it, it's something you have to be very careful of. So I think in in this case. Um, you see a, a ministry. I don't know Brian's heart initially, and was he on fire for God? And then what happens is you have to keep that that fire going, that brokenness, that humility. So on, in addition to accountability and keeping yourself accountable, you have to keep yourself humble and broken and transparent and say, God, for your glory and your glory alone, and put things in perspective. And if it's growing too quickly, are we there to make money on the people and have concerts and sell products and you know, um, you have to be careful in that area. And there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with people offering books, maybe books at a discount because it costs money to print books. Or maybe God, you know, in our case, we give away thousands of free books. Uh, he's blessed us in that area to do that. And so, you know, it, it's hard to look at everything and, and and judge the heart of every intention. But that's what happens. A ministry gets big. Uh, they get well known. They think that they are God's man. Uh, they They drift from accountability that time, that precious time with the Lord, that time in the morning or time in the evening, that that time away where I talked about uh, and before David McIntyre's book, The Hidden Life of Prayer, a quiet hour, a quiet heart, and a quiet place. And they lose all three of those because they get big and, and involved in ministry. And um, I'm going to put this on hold here in the, on this documentary and come back to it in just a minute. But I want to give a, a a little bit of introduction here. So that's what happened. So I don't want people to get discouraged and Gosh, are all ministries like this bad? And if you're big, you're bad? No, not necessarily. And also, I have concerns with who put this together. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. I'm assuming maybe a secular organization. And so they're going to create a narrative that will support what they're trying to push. Christians are bad. Uh, big ministries are bad. However, however, they had some great points in here. Um, and also, you hear from a lot of disgruntled people now, being in ministry a long time, you can go and find disgruntled people about any ministry on the planet who've been hurt by one of the leaders, uh, was rubbed the wrong way when they came in, they didn't feel welcomed, they felt like they weren't heard. And so you can find that anywhere because we're broken, flawed people. <laughs> However, if there's a consistent pattern there and there's solid Christian believers are being hurt and this ministry is not broken and humble and repentant, then you do have a problem on your hands. Um, however, just finding, you know, I could go find, you name the ministry, I could go find critics. All you have to do is look on Google and uh, you'll find the critics and you'll find, oh, they did this and they did this. I mean, some of my good friends that are solid, well-known preachers. I mean, I just can't believe some of the stuff these people say about them. You know, I've been hurt in this small group and, or I was hurt here. And then they think the pastor's responsible, even though the pastor doesn't know anything about it. So, those are my two kind of red flags up front is, um, number one, that it, who, who made this documentary documentary, and also finding these people. And a lot of these people, I think, are legitimate, legitimate concerns. Don't get me wrong. But where is the good fruit as well? Why do we never talk about the good fruit when we do things like this? I mean, a movement that has changed you know, thousands, millions of lives. Uh, now, if Brian Houston, as they claim, turned into the gos uh, the prosperity type gospel, you know, that's not good. And he learned in America what to 
how to get the numbers and build the crowds, that that's not good. So see, it could have been started with a good foundation. And then as these things sneak in, you lose your time with the Lord, you lose your brokenness and your humility. And, and you start to, what happens if you're not influenced by God, you're influenced by the world. So here's how the big ministries do it. Here's how the big boys do it. Here's what I've got to do here. And then bring on Darlene Check with the Hillsong Worship. Uh, and actually the church renamed itself Hillsong uh, because of their music. Um, and so I put down pros and cons, uh, which I'm going to go through a few of these with you. Um, so that would be a couple of my, my questions is the organization who put this together. Uh, is there any positive fruit? Or do we just focus on the negative fruit and also lumping like all the Pentecostals and charismatics and all into this one big group that, you know, all these people are part of like Jim Baker and Penny Hinn and all, they're all with this one big clamber, big, uh, group of, of, of uh, way out there believers. And the truth is, you know, I mean, there are fringe elements, but charismatic Pentecostals just believe in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit today, sometimes get carried away. But my concern would be lumping everyone into this one category that is bad. Uh, and then there's a few statements, you know, is the cord in the worship making you cry or is a move of God making you cry? Because the cord, the way the music is designed is designed to make you emotional. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. God is the author of music. God has given us a higher heart for music and a desire to worship. And he, he, he gives people the wisdom and insight, even back in Psalms, to make the instruments, to have the s symbols and the, the, uh, <clears throat> the tambourines, I'm sure, back then, and the, the, the shouting and the, and the uh, different um, harps and different things. So, that kind of statement concerns me a little bit because it's not like, you know, I'm going to go into church and this group is going to deceive me and they're going to do some chord for four minutes. It really just makes me cry. No, give me a break. Uh, I, I, I've shed many tears in worship because the power of the living God is there encompassed in the music and embracing the music. Now, doesn't mean that maybe the lyrics don't go off a little bit. Doesn't mean some of the people are dressed inappropriately and it's a, it's a, just a smorgasbord of of just concerns like many of you have but also understand that that God moves in powerful music and I also feel for a lot of the Hillsong um, uh, members not only I'm sorry but say staff or volunteers some of their worship leaders are solid people and they've just been thrown into this big you know Hillsong uh, big monster movement that is, you know, against Christ and his church and the prosperity gospel. And they're going to make you cry because of the certain chords of music they sing. Well, or they just have really good music and gifted musicians that can lead worship. And uh, so I, I just, you know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way as well, too, uh, because people, you've got to give people credit that go in uh, to these events and, and they know what a genuine move of God is. Some of them, many of them don't, many of them are there for the first time. Many of them can be led astray easily with the, uh, and if it, if it is all about emotionalism and, uh, you know, they're changing the music, you know, 20 years ago, the music sounded like, uh, more, uh, pop. And now it's sounding, sounding more like Coldplay is what they said on the, the documentary, but music does shift. It does change. You know, as long as the lyrics are solid, the heart is right. You know, I'm not for lots of smoke coming up off the floor and lights, but 
why shouldn't we be able to present God with our best and just heartfelt, powerful music? So that's a whole nother thing. I've done I've done that uh, podcast on emotional worship before. You can find out. Uh, so that would be a lot of my concerns uh, if their church was about growth and expansion. Um, high, pro- uh, you know, let's produce these concerts and let's this money making machine. Um, you know, that's that's not good at all. Uh, business model, let's funnel the people in, not good at all. So see how you can take a good thing, possibly that was started on a, on a good foundation and good people in it, and then it just grows and grows and grows. And if you're growing it and God's not, that's where you run into problems. Because when God grows it, uh, he sustains it. If it's his will, it's his bill. Uh, where he provides, I'm sorry, where he guides, he provides. You know, all those statements that are true, uh, that God will grow a ministry. Look at some of these these uh, large churches. Not all of them are succumbing to the woke culture. Not all of them are succumbing to um, these different, uh, um, you know, uh, seeker-sensitive or I guess still the prosperity gospel type messages. There's some solid large churches. So um, also I, I wrote down, uh, let's see, uh, one of the things about the... Um, the the concept of putting, you know, the whole point of Hillsong was to a business model to get people in the door and to sell products. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think they set out to be a, a, a light. You, you, I'm sure you talked to some of the old members. They're solid believers. And that my, that's my, my heartbreak for those who are going to get hurt in this, who were solid people in Hillsong. Um, and then when you have Brian's, uh, you know, um, recent um, episode in the news, and uh, just uh, another another clear warning of playing with alcohol in the Christian community. Uh, and then I, apparently, if he knew about Carl Lentz's behavior, but chose to do nothing about it because of the popularity, you know, there there you go again. That's what my big concern is for a lot of these movements. A church is going to grow pretty big if you're if you're tickling the ears. You're not challenging the heart. You're allowing sin to go unchecked, and it will not, um, it will not go unchecked. God will expose it at some point. So so far, uh, that's what I've got into it. Um, at least this far into it, I want to at least get this out here, kind of share my heart and my thoughts on on what happened uh, and how it got to where it's at today, and then hopefully I'll be able to to continue on this if. Uh, if I think there's some relevant information, but <clears throat> here's my encouraging encouragement to you is do not let, do not look to a movement or a man look to God and God alone. And that's why I'm hurt when these things happen. It's sad, but ultimately my faith isn't shaken because my faith is in God, not a movement or a man. And I recognize after pastoring and after being a Christian, it is rel- The enemy is relentless. You've got to put on the whole armor of God every day. You've got the demonic realm after you. You've got uh, your own flesh wanting you to cave in. You've got people wanting you to fail, wanting you to mess up so they can jeer and mock and laugh at you. You've got the world against you. You've got your critics. And like the uh, the psalmist uh, would, would would say, I, you know, I, I, my, my soul pants after the living God, just like a deer pants after that, that brook. And, and, um, but but tears have been my food day and night. I've been, people are mocking me. Where is your God now? And and having to encourage yourself in that. So that's what happens. I'm not surprised. You know, if you move out of God's shelter of protection and the shelter is 
the full armor of God, brokenness, humility, prayer, fasting. So I would say if a lot of these in leadership, Brian Houston included, if they had more, uh, uh, you know, worship uh, services that were involved prayer and fasting and not all the lights and maybe let people, you know, don't charge for it. And did you get your own devotional time in? Did you spend significant time uh, preparing your message? But first God prepared you, the messenger. God first prepares the messenger before we prepare the message. And having a humble, broken, repentant heart, wanting to expose sin, but wanting to love people. And out of the deep reservoirs of being filled with the Holy Spirit, you go out in ministry. And that that is not what happens. It's hard. Trust me. I know it's a battle for me. Uh, I remember reading a book. I think it was Steve Farrar on Finishing Strong, written to men, boy, 20 years ago now, plus maybe 25 years ago. Uh, 1990s, I think he released it, but they interviewed like 280 of the top Christian leaders who fell. Um, I believe it was mainly sexual immorality. And at the top of the list was, you know, this can never happen to me. I'm untouchable. It's pride. Pride. They're very prideful and pride comes before destruction. And then also they, without a doubt, said, I think it was 80% or so uh, that they um, had no more really, they had no more time for devotional time. No more time with that intimacy with God. So we're, we're, we can't stay static. Sin either grows or withers depending on whether we feed or starve it. So you've got to be vigilant every day to keep that relationship going, keep that relationship strong. Uh, these Christian men also um, uh, counseled uh, the opposite sex. I think 80% of it, that's where I got that 80% number. 80% counseled the opposite sex, built relationships with the opposite sex, didn't have any time for God because they're too big, too popular. Uh, this will never happen to me. Pride got in there. And that's what we see with people like Carl Lentz or anybody, anybody that falls from, from ministry, uh, any pastor, any pastor is susceptible. Uh, I would say one choice away from failing and falling in ministry. And that's why you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your time. And uh, so that's what happened here. Again, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, my heart breaks. Uh, and I, 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 I hope there's not two extremes. One extreme is trying to protect Hillsong and make excuses for all these things. That's not healthy uh, because there's a lot of things that went wrong here. I, I mean, I, just listening to the documentary, I would have started back in the 1980s. And uh, when it all started to get bigger and bigger in 1990s, make sure we're fasting and praying and seeking the heart of God. Make sure we're repentant, humble. How can we bless people with our music? It's not about growing, growing, growing and reaching, reaching, reaching the ends of the earth and bigger, 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 bigger. It's about, Lord, what do you want? We want to be good stewards of what do you want and see what you do is you keep your heart in a very pliable, humble spot while the Lord is leading you. Um, so that's my thoughts. Be encouraged. Uh, the other extreme, sorry, is the armchair quarterbacks who are just love, they just love this documentary. They cr Christians, they just love this documentary, probably from a secular organization. Again, I, I don't know for certain, so don't quote me on that, but they're just going to tear it apart. I knew it from the beginning. Brian Houston was a false prophet. All this was, was fake. No, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to those conclusions, you know, be very careful. And sadly, a lot of that comes from the hard hearted critical, arrogant people. See, it's okay to critique. We have to critique. We have to speak the truth in love. We have to judge with righteous judgment. We have to discern what is right, what is wrong. We have to call people out. But it has to come from a heart that is humble and broken. This should hurt you. This should not be good. How do we know that there was uh, thousands of lives were not radically changed uh, by some, some people at Hillsong? Maybe not top leadership, maybe ulterior motives. I know even Brian's son, when he sent out a tweet 
about uh, gay marriage. It seemed like to support it, maybe like, I don't know, four or five years ago, that really broke my heart. And so, you know, the enemy can take a good thing and make it a bad thing. He can take good people and really twist their heart if they don't stay broken and humble uh, before the Lord. And so that I think that's where the, the turn of events happened is they grew. I'm not going to rehash everything. They grew and then their focus was wrong. It's on how can I build my name, my ministry, uh, but don't look to them. Don't don't let it sidetrack you. It didn't it didn't jar my faith one centimeter, because I'm looking to the King of Kings, and I'm actually not surprised when these things happen. There's a real enemy out there, and he's wanting to take down every ministry he can, especially the ones that are very influential. Uh, and I know um, people that know some of the Hillsong worship leaders, and some of those people are are very solid and love the Lord and just want to pour out their hearts to the Lord, and uh, some of them aren't. Uh, same with, uh, you know, I personally know some people who used to uh, lead worship at Bethel, very solid people. Um, theology, I've talked to them about theology. I interviewed Kim Walker-Smith. You can listen, you put Shane Eidelman, Kim Walker-Smith in the uh, YouTube search. Um, just love her and her husband, her heart and their heart. Sean Foyt, you know, talk to him from time to time. And we text and encourage each other. And uh, now there are some things that I have questions about um, that, you know, I, I wouldn't do certain things that way, or I wouldn't say thir- certain things that way, but to say false prophet, false teacher. But then there are some, I mean, you, you read Jer- Jeremy Riddle's Facebook page uh, so from time to time. It sounds like solid doctrine, solid theology, but then you have others that are like, what are they thinking? What are they doing? And are they manipulating the Holy Spirit? Do they even have the Holy Spirit? And do they have, they never really experienced the presence of God? And why don't they tread lightly in this area of, of fear? And or why don't they uh, not, or I'm sorry, why are they treading lightly in this area of fearing God? They need to fear God and and uh, just be, be make sure everything done at the services honors God. And so there's some just some things that I don't agree with at all coming out of some of these movements. Um, but again, the people, some of the people inside the movement, that's why I don't like blanket statements. I don't like broad brush approaches. And you just, oh, anybody in this movement, you know, to, to just shoot you straight. I mean, at Westside Christian Fellowship, there, there some people have done some things um, that were not approved by the church. I remember one gentleman went to our local college and said he was there uh, because I sent him over there kind of harassing people and not leaving and being belligerent to the sheriffs. And so the sheriff department called me and, whoa, that's a reflection of me, but I I, I would never uh, allowed that. And then I remember there was a small Bible study, maybe eight or so couples or six couples years ago. And um, I think it was two new couples of the church. One lady there started just speaking in tongues and really disrupted thing kind of, I mean, the, the, this, this new fountain, this new, new to the Lord couple wasn't sure what that was. They never came back to the church and I tried to talk to them. And, and, and so you hear things, oh, West side Christian fellowship. Oh, they, they do this, they allow this. And, oh, and, and it doesn't represent me though. It's not true. And that we've had demonic deliverances take place where things have happened in the service that, uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah. Interesting. And then, so now we're labeled, here we go. Uh, we've had, you know, uh, I remember one instance where a lady actually spoke out in tongues during a service, uh, while the elders were next door in the prayer room and just started speaking out in tongues. We didn't, she doesn't really go there. And so, you know, we had to address that and she wasn't too happy about it. And people are asking, Hey, calling the church. What, what was that about? What happened? What is West side? Okay with this. And what do you, and so see, we, I, I, I see the other side of it where you just get labeled. I mean, Fortunately, we have a great reputation here locally and abroad nationally, but there are some people who have a, a just do not have a good impression 
about us. And some of it might be warranted. Maybe we didn't handle things correctly in the past, but we have to remember we're broken people just like everyone else. That's why grace and love and forgiveness and restoration and working through challenges and growing in Christian maturity is so important. So I'm just leery on labeling people and labeling a whole movement and throwing everyone in to that movement that is a part of that movement. Now we've got pastors um, having to change the name of their church, remove Hillsong. You're going to see, I'm sure the label start to decrease in Christian music. Uh, other pastors are stepping down and calling out some of the board members in Hillsong. So I think it was a mess uh, because the leadership was a mess. The leadership didn't stick close to the shepherd. And this is the fruit. They will know them by their fruits. So I hope that helps. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.